Alright, I'm gonna do the clap down. Clap down? <laughs> clap down in three, two, one. Oh, wait, was that it? Yeah, that was it. You missed the clap down. Oh, no. We got, no, no, we gotta do it again. I'm keeping all of this in, man. Is everybody rolling? I fucking hope so. I love this shit. Yes, I'm rolling. I'm, I'm rolling. I'm like yeah. a minute 40 in. Okay, Fuck count- it. <laughs> countdown for real this time. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Clapdown. I mean, Habcast. Hey, how That's you doing? <laughs> that was Clap- kind of on purpose. <laughs> Clapdown sounds like a shitty like game show show where they make you do shit as opposed to answer trivia questions. It sounds like a show from Community that I would laugh kind of mildly yeah. at. Here's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's a show where you, a normal person, has to do an obstacle course. And you're constantly being threatened by giant foam hands that will descend oh. from above you and clap you down. You just described the bongo bongo fight from Ocarina of Time. That's all I, that was. I did yeah, describe that exactly, I, yes. I think there was a uh, the, one of the Jackass movies there was something like that where they had like a giant foam hand that was Jackass on a swinging thing. Three. That uh, Three? Johnny Knoxville smacked uh, Bam Margera in the face with a giant hand. Yeah, I'm yeah. like 90% certain that was Jackass 3. I don't know what y'all are talking about. That's fine. That what that wasn't for you, Ari. That entire franchise was yeah. not for you. That's okay. I was. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to make a joke where I was like, I was assigned female at birth, so I missed Jackass. But I don't think I'm sure there are AFAB fans. Oh, I'm sure there are. I just don't know oh, any yeah. of them. Mm. Got it. it I really want to get really high and watch that show, but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> we're not here to talk about the the clapdown coming this summer. At your face. Yeah. Yeah. Clap Travis, down. what are we here to talk about? Yeah. Travis, what are we here to talk about? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Travis, I, uh, the question. <laughs> I had a question for you and for everyone. Um, everyone can answer this question if they want. Even God. Answer it in your, in your conversation that you're secretly having with us while you listen to this episode. Um, we can't hear you, by the way. You have to Please. tweet at yeah, us speak if up. you want us to hear yeah. you. Um, <laughs> what? Or, what was or just that? yell really loud into your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a, tic- a TikTok duet. All you have to do is be like, hey, what's up, guy? Like, hold your, um earbuds up to your mouth are the little microphone in your earbuds up to your mouth and be like hey guys it's oh yeah there you go back at it again at the slippery cream do at this podcast if you want to <laughs> join in on the conversation yeah. do it anyway podcast. let's start a let's start a supernatural <laughs> podcast chain oh god there's gonna yeah. be eight people in that train and i'm here for it fuck it there's, gonna, there's yep. gonna be more than eight there's like a million supernatural podcasts um and we're taking and we're them the all down. One. Hell yeah, oh, we okay. Are. <laughs> we had the same energy, Travis, but not the same direction. 
Watch Fuck out, it. guys. We're coming for you, and we're taking you out. Yep. Anyway, I had a question for you, you, you guys. The general you. And, yeah, the general you. And it's something I've been thinking about while I've been watching some shows. And it is, do, do shows or movies, like visual media, I guess, do they have to, like answer all the questions that they raise or finish all the plots that they start and if they do does that make it good uh so like i i want to give you my first example of this because i think i said a few episodes ago i've been watching orange is the new black Mm -hmm. and it has been fantastic kind of up until this last season because like it was really good up until the last season because this last season really just feels like going through the motions mm-hmm. of trying to settle everyone else's plot points. Yeah. Because and it it's like getting into like trying to get us to care about characters that we only met at the beginning of the season and not people that we've known for the whole time. And it's it's kind of like I feel like where it where it ended in season six could have been like a very good perfect ending, and it could have just ended without any like well here's what everyone else is up to because in I guess it's an ensemble show but. Really, it's supposed to be, like, where Piper is the point-of-view character. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, at the end of season six, she gets out of prison uh, because she serves all of her time. And uh, in some ways, I feel like it should be like, okay, well, she doesn't have to go back to prison. So, we don't have to, as the viewer, go back to prison. Except we do. Because now we're invested in this huge ensemble. And we have to play out everything and it's just getting a little taxing yeah um ben you want to go first second Eh, third i've got some ideas uh i don't Mm -hmm. like i like when it's done well i like Uh uh-huh like there's a few shows that i can that i can't think of like right off the top of my dome that have gone through and tried to answer all of the questions that they raised throughout the runtime. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes feels like too much. Like with Parks and Rec, I think one of like the biggest unanswered things is like, what the fuck happened with uh, Brandanowitz? But the show's still right. fine with not answering that question or not answering what happened with him. It sucks mm-hmm. that he got did dirty like that, but it's also fine in the end. Right, and sometimes it's like that. It's something as simple as like in the in the background yeah. perspective as like, oh, this actor only signed on for this amount of con. Like they only signed a contract for this number of episodes or this number of seasons, and they decided not to sign on for the next season yeah. and stuff like that. And that's fine. And I think yeah, and I think that's fine. Like mm. there's a. Uh, there's one character in Orange is the New Black who just kind of disappears in the middle of the season. And I don't know if it's because he decided to quit the show or they just, like, didn't need him anymore. But he 
like two two or three characters like literally never show back up again mm-hmm. whereas other characters are like especially in this last season it's like hey you remember this person from season two well they're back trying to do something about something else in, it's like okay but we didn't need that in tv trope terms that's called when a character just disappears it's called um getting on a bus uh, <clears throat> yeah and when See, they come like, oh, back oh that's like Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go on. Uh, I was going to say, that's almost literally what happens to one of the characters. He just, like, gets in his truck and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Puts on, put on a bus. And we that's never see him again. Yeah. I was going to bring up the yeah. guy from, uh, like, the first sidekick that Sturt had from Letterkenny. Because I think it's mm-hmm. one after, like, season one or two, he's just, he just fucks the fuck right off. Yeah, he's gone. He, he Basically, he just didn't um, sign on for the next season because he wanted to focus on other projects. Ooh, that was a bad idea, but I'm glad he did. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest my, with you. One of my favorite examples of, like, this character was put on a bus, a.k.a. disappears with no explanation, and then, like, they came back later in the show, is actually um, one of the characters in White Collar. Mm. So in the pilot mm. episode of White which do y'all know the basic gist of white collar is it is it like embezzlement crimes it is so it's kind of got a leverage spin to it y'all will soon learn i have the same taste like every every show i watch is the same (laughs) white collar is um it's like catch me if you it's like what happens to leonardo dicaprio and tom hanks post catch me if you can Uh, um so uh Peter is an FBI agent who's like one of his biggest cases was catching con man slash forger Neil Caffrey. And they kind of have like a, I know you caught me and put me in jail, but you know, I'm not really that bad a guy. And I know you were just Mm -hmm. doing your job so we can kind of be like casual (laughs) FBI (laughs) Uh, parolee friends um, kind of (laughs) and so Neil has like in the pilot episode Neil has like three months left in his sentence and he breaks out of prison and Peter very quickly catches him again and then and the reason why Neil broke out of prison is because his girlfriend like breaks up with him and then disappears she was also a con artist it sets up the mystery of the first season And so Neil, wanting to be out of prison so he can search for his girlfriend, is like, hey, what if we did like a work release thing where I came and worked for you and helped you catch white collar criminals through cons? (laughs) And um, Hmm. that is almost 100% what happens in Leverage as well. And (laughs) I'm also watching an anime right now called Great Pretenders. And guess what? (laughs) It is. Oh boy. Also, is about con men that take down, um, like, corrupt, like, white collar people. So, I have a type, is what I'm saying. I have a type. <laughs> Are you saying that you're a man of singular taste? I really am. Because girl, um, same. It's, I have a very particular interest. And that's watching a, a group of thieves Robin Hood the shit out of somebody. Except not Robin Hood. Um, it's Robin Hooding with extra steps. It's fine. So in the pilot episode, Peter's like 
junior agent partner was this really badass lesbian woman named Diane, uh, Diana, who like was the daughter of a diplomat and like was a super hardcore awesome person. And I don't know exactly why she disappeared after the first episode, but I can guess because they replaced her with a straight woman who could act as a potential love interest for Neil. Ah, uh, yeah, that'll do and it. This character was by no means bad. Um, the woman who played her was, you remember Tom's girlfriend in Parks and Rec, Lucy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, same, uh-huh. same woman. Great. She's a great actress. Hmm. This character was kind of, the character who plays Diana was kind of one note and boring and of course heterosexual, so just not as good. But um, after the first season, she left and Diana came back and the show was much better not trying to shoe, you know, horn like this like FBI parole or like FBI con man romance into it. Mm. Actually, it would have been great if they had done that, but... Maybe with something, somebody with a little more chemistry with Neil. I don't know. Anyways, mm. the point is, is that White Collar is great. And Travis, I agree. I don't think a show needs to answer all of its questions. Mm-hmm. Because, like... Wrap up every so plot my o- Yeah, my other example for this was Lost. Mm-hmm. Because I also decided to, like... I was like, what if I fuck around and start watching Lost again? Um... <laughs> God damn it, Travis. Why are you going back for more? Uh, because honestly, like the first two or three seasons of it are really good. Especially when you look at like, especially going through like the second time and you know like mm. what characters are more like faith based and which characters are acting like in more li- in more of a line with like determinism. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to, like, you know, see all the dominoes fall as they were meant to. Yeah. Um, but it was also, like, Lost, like, famously has a bad ending because of a question that they answered. Right. Which so is it's what like, the fuck happened. would Lost have been better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would Lost had been better if they just never addressed it? I feel like a show like that needs to have some secrets. You know? Yeah. But I also, and I feel like they need to stay secrets. I also feel like when it's your central question, because what we've been talking about at this point is aborted arcs, right? Mm-hmm. Television shows, For the most especially. Part, yeah. yeah. We'll bring up, I, and this is something that doesn't really work in movies because of the shorter runtime and the different pacing. Um, but television mm-hmm. shows, especially, will introduce an arc, usually like something to do with like a character right okay Mm. so i'm trying to think of an example of like a specific character arc that kind of just gets dropped randomly oh you mean in season two when nobody gave a fuck who who killed laura palmer in twin peaks and the show got amazing and like way better i mean i wasn't but yeah there you go that works Yeah, there's one but um Okay, so this so here's an example of something I've seen before. A uh, character in season one is, you know, his um, like addiction gets introduced. Right, he's an addict. He can't be around certain mm-hmm. drugs. Being around certain drugs triggers his addiction. It's a bad time, you know, even being in the same room with him. But then later in the show, a couple of seasons down the line, 
without so much as a mention, suddenly this character is around drugs and it's fine. Right? Yeah. And it's like, how do we mm-hmm. get from point A to point B? Well, they never show you because they aborted the arc, essentially. Right. Um, this can also happen with plot threads. I mean, I think Sam's powers in Supernatural kind of counts as that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <sighs> Which I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I just think you have to be careful about how you structure your show. You know mm. what I mean? After that. Because right. you don't want the fans to be like, whoa, whoa, what, what the fuck? We were just here and now we're here. What's happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think considering the, like, when you look at Supernatural as the five-year, like, Kripke era, mm-hmm. I think how they handled Sam's powers makes sense. Yeah. And then going forward from that, any time, like, I think it got mentioned before recently right uh uh, yes or maybe we talked about it recently we talked about it recently i feel like any time that it is going to get mentioned going forward Mm -hmm. like if if at any point someone is like oh sam used to have magic powers what's up with that i feel like there's no way it can go well i mean we'll see we'll see together friend Um, yeah but uh, I also want to talk about this question in terms of, like, them- thematic questions, right? Mm-hmm. Does a piece of art have to come to a decision about all of the questions it raises in a philosophical way, right? Uh, right. Because I also don't think that they need to. I agree. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure Salvador Dali was a pretentious fuck, but I also really don't know anything about Salvador Dali. Dali. I, I recently, like, yeah, or him, or, like, if I knew how to pronounce the guy's name, it's, like, Zed Vidalowski or something. He's, like, a Polish uh impressionist i think mm. is or like something like that i'm i'm very tired and i have a massive headache so my brain is all over the place but any bedoozle i don't think a lot of artists really consider the deeper meanings in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. i just think a lot of them are like you know what i think this looks neat kind of like fucking uh, marge simpson like oh just yeah doing i just like, like this potato i think it's neat yeah exactly but even in, like, storytelling, I think a lot of things can be left up to interpretation, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Like, um, I, oh my god, I'm completely blanking. I was thinking about this time, like, we read, when I was in college and I was taking my English courses, we read The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about Daisy's character because I went to a woman's college and that's what we did. We were like, fuck Jay. <laughs> All right. What's <laughs> fuck Nick? What have we spent enough time thinking about Daisy and her feelings? And we were discussing different ways of interpreting her characters. And I basically had the reaction of like the little girl and the like, poor Kayla's dose. Like, you know. There are Mm -hmm. multiple interpretations to the same story. 
And I think that as long as you can back it up with the text, as in like there actually has to be evidence in the text, then I think those interpretations are valid. Now, sometimes I think people come out of left field and are just like, God, I was trying to, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, Twilight is about Scientology. Like, no, it's fucking not. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's about Mormonism. All right. Like we know that it's hashtag confirmed. <laughs> Schwing. That's why Renesme has a crazy name and they don't fuck until marriage. Actually, that can be most branches of like, like hardcore Christianity, I guess. Whatever. The point is, is that mm. like, <clears throat> and I think that a lot of wor- really good works are open ended. Oh God. Yeah. Because. Uh huh. Because of it, you know, because it's not willing, it because it leaves it up to the viewer. Yeah. One of my mm-hmm. one of my favorite types of endings, in fact, is ambiguous endings, and this goes this kind of straddles the line between like a thematic question and a plot question. And I'm going to spoil Hannibal. <laughs> All right, cool. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, you ready for this? If you don't yep. want Hannibal spoilers, skip ahead. I'll go ahead I'm and do like a call right, real I'll, quick. <laughs> I'll do a beep noise when I'm done. I'll be like beep. That wasn't it. That wasn't the beep noise. God damn it. Okay, so <laughs> the very end of Hannibal, because the the last arc is the red dragon. They adapt the red dragon. Um, oh, okay. And at the and they change the ending of the book, right? In mm-hmm. Hannibal. Hannibal, basically Will and Jack Crawford concoct this plan because Francis, the Red Dragon, wants to meet Hannibal so he can kill him and then fuck his corpse. Um, Right. Perfectly normal things to do when you meet your hero. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And Will's like, what if we two two birds, one stoned this, right? So we meet up at like a sanctioned FBI location, bait Francis, and then instead of arresting both of them again, we just kind of like bang, bang, shot them down style. You know Hmm. what I'm saying? Like Ah. covered that shit up CIA JFK style. You feel me? You talking (laughs) to me? And Jack is like, Mm -hmm. hell yeah, I fucking hate Hannibal. Let's do this. But then... Um, Francis basically like shenanigans breaking Hannibal out for real. Hannibal and Will drive to a secondary location. It's kind of implied that Will always meant for this to happen. And then they have their showdown on a cliff over that's facing the ocean. Hannibal and Will kill Francis together. I know it's very romantic. Kill Francis together and it's totally like bloody and gory and shit like Hannibal nice. bites Francis's throat out and Will like stabs him in the stomach and like rips his stomach open. And then once Francis is dead, Hannibal and Will are standing at the edge of the cliff. They say some shit that if somebody said to me, I would probably marry them. And then Will <laughs> hugs Hannibal and then drags them both over the cliff. Oh man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It is implied that they survived, <laughs> but you don't know what? for certain. Yes, because then the camera pans over the cliff and you don't see their bodies. 
And then later, oh, man. we go and check in on another character, Hannibal's psychiatrist. And Hannibal had always planned on eating her, but didn't get the chance before he was arrested. And then hmm. we see her sitting at a table, hiding a knife in her napkin. Her leg has been cut off. It's been roasted and is laid on the table. And there's two other place settings. And oh, shit. Yeah. And I like the ambiguity of that ending. Like, I want a Hannibal season four really, really, really fucking bad. But I'm also happy with the fact that, like, because it fits. It fits perfectly. Will realized he'd become the person that Hannibal always knew he was and couldn't live with it Mm -hmm. and couldn't live without Hannibal either and just yeeted them both off a cliff. But then also... But then also, maybe this was a ruse to escape the FBI once and for all. That's what the fan yeah. fiction agrees upon, but who knows? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Or maybe he really didn't mean to kill them, but then they miraculously survived. Who the fuck knows? And I love that. And I think that it, you know, it kind of leaves also the, one of the major themes of Hannibal is, of course, the relationship between Hannibal and Will. And it kind of leaves that out in the open mm. as well. So, yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Beep. That's awesome. End of Hannibal spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch yeah, I mean, it. I, I mean, jeez ag- Louise. <laughs> I mean, I can agree with you mm-hmm. on that, on that, like, idea. Mainly because that's what I appreciate about, like, the first three things of Twin Peaks. I haven't seen any of the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, anything. I've seen, like, maybe two or three episodes of the stuff that came out a couple of years or months ago. I don't know. Time is soup. Um, yeah. But, like, what is hilarious to me is, like, David Lynch was like, it was never about who killed Laura Palmer. Shut the fuck up, you idiots. And then he yeah. made Firewalk with well, me to they, answer that question. I thought they figured out who killed Laura Palmer yeah, it, in, like, the end of the first season. It was... No. Do you know who it was? Yeah. At the end? Who, who killed her? Bob. Nope. Bob did not kill her technically, but it was it was Bob possessing her dad. Eh, kind of, sorta. I thought it was. I thought it was the guy who owned the lodge. Nope. No, it was Ray Wise's character. Yep. Oh, Bob threw. Bob threw her own father. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I guess I guess the thing is that like they arrest him as the murderer, right? Yeah. That's that's what it is. See, I like. Yeah, see, I haven't watched Firewalk with me. <laughs> Not sure if I ever want to. Who has? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. So much so that I didn't even know what it was for the longest time. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm if I'm in a David Lynch sort of mood, I'm honestly not even going back to Twin Peaks. I'm watching um, Blue Velvet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of David Lynch esque things, uh, and speaking of pieces of or movies that bring up a lot of questions but don't necessarily answer them, uh, I, I for a couple weeks ago during the podcast, I talked about. I'm thinking of ending things, the book I was reading, and how yeah. I was really excited for the movie adaptation. Well, the adaptation mm-hmm. came out. I watched it. It's great. I would highly recommend seeing it. Nice. Uh, we started watching it. Yeah. 
Um, but then we had to go do something and we didn't finish it. Yeah. We we got up to uh they had just gotten to his like parents' house mm-hmm. and like they went in the barn or they went in the stable oh, and yeah. then they were actually like in the house. Yeah. And he was giving her his slippers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like waiting for their parents to come down. Uh, for his parents to come down. That's as far as we got. So this is... I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Travis. And also our lovely viewers. And also, Ben, if you're interested. This is a movie that I feel like if I had not already read the book, I would have need to watch twice to get it. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of little stuff that happens that, like... As somebody who read the book and already kind of knows what's going to happen, I was like, oh, my God, brilliant. What a mm-hmm. maestro for, for, you know, putting in these little hints at, like, what I know is going to happen. But to you, first time viewer watching the movie, maybe you don't pick up on that stuff as much, you know? Yeah. Um, or maybe it's one of those things where, like, you're going to get to the end and you're going to be like, oh, my God, it connects. I, but the synapses in my brain are firing off and they're going, whoa, 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 whoa. And, like, everything makes sense now. I am a God genius. Like, maybe that's what happens. But I don't know because I already read the book. So, hmm. so but, yeah, I would highly recommend it. Um, the performances are really, really good. Uh, I really like the girl who plays the young woman. Um, can't remember her name. Jamie something. But yeah, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. That's not fair. Well, like an 8 out of 10. I don't know. It's not everyone's cup of tea. I enjoyed it, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, like, for, from the, like, little bit of it I watched, it did seem very, like, it is very heady. It's very flowery. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, with, with the language. The first, like, 10, well, basically the entire first act is basically our two leads in a car having a conversation (laughs) that's not about their relationship but it's also kind of about their relationship Mm -hmm. so um if that doesn't sound like your thing then uh skip this one we don't all have to like the same stuff and by the first act you mean of the five act structure (laughs) (laughs) you gotta really recognize when you're setting yourself up for those are i mean damn we're gonna talk. We're we're a podcast that talks about media. We're gonna talk about act structure. Yeah, I know you get you gotta recognize when you set yourself up for those. Is all I'm saying. What what okay. am I supposed to do? Not mention acts? Yes. Here's how, here's something. How do I do that? Here's something. I don't want to go into this too much, but I just want to like put a little drop in of this right here. I'll give it movies. Movies. They can have three acts. They do have three acts primarily. They can have they can have three not every acts. movie, but most movies. But a TV show as a season is a five act structure. A TV show episode typically has four to five acts. I will I will grant you that. I will grant you that. No, not just not just per episode, oh. but also there's five acts per se- like in the season. Oh. There is a five-act structure within the yeah, season. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I can see where you're coming from with that. But I'd have to do yeah. a deep dive. A deep, deep dive. <laughs> I thought about that the other day while I was driving, and I was like, I'm gonna troll Ari about this at some point. <laughs> and, you know, I, I see you're trolling. 
I put it, I committed it to memory and, uh, and I've moved on from it. So yes. Okay. Nice. So real quick before <laughs> we get into the episode proper, um, yeah. I want to talk about the fact that Jensen Ackles has taken home or will be taking home the Impala. No shit. To keep. That's kind of dope. Yep. That that's kind of like you know the story about um oh what's his name Aragorn from Lord of the Rings yeah keeping like his fucking horse keeping yeah. yeah keep like buying the horses so he could keep mm-hmm. them yeah that that's what that reminds me of same energy yeah. I mean down to the fact <laughs> that both are transportation yeah. Um, <laughs> And then Jared Padalecki got asked what he kept, and he said, and I love this, I kept a ton of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, Jared, can you mention one thing? And he was like, fuck no, it's just a bunch of stuff the production won't miss. And I was like, great. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bunch of stuff he can sell when he's 85. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Walker, Texas Ranger didn't work out, and those royalties have dried up. So here's the demon knife. Uh, One million dollars, please. <laughs> I would keep the demon knife. What would you keep uh, if you were if you got to keep one thing from Supernatural? One of the Impalas. Um, okay. One of the Impalas. The Impala has already been claimed by Jensen, and no. we're letting him have it. Oh no 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 no! Like from from canon from the fucking French mistake. It is known that they've gone through a few different Impalas. Yeah, that's true. So there's at least a couple. Yeah. Get like the Um, least wrecked and Uh, fix it. Other than the Impala. All right. I would either go with the Colt or Bobby's hat collection. Yes. Ooh, that's not bad. That's good. I would either go with Bobby's like book collection or just John Winchester's notebook. Mm, that's good too. Uh, they actually sold for a period of time. They sold John Winchester's like journal. Oh, I bet they nice. did. Yeah. I wonder if they have it on uh, Amazon still. Probably. I'm sure you can find it on eBay for a billion zillion dollars, or for no money, <laughs> or, or yeah. zero money. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 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 on here. Um, Travis, you haven't been introduced to this yet, but I think I would keep the Book of the Ooh. Damned. No, not not the Book of the Damned. What am I thinking of? About the Necronomicon? No. Y'all want to take a stab at how much uh, John Winchester's hardcover ruled journal is from... Uh... Oh, wait, it's not the real one. I think it's just empty. Never mind. Oh. Nope, well, nope, nope. There are pictures of stuff. Hang on. All right, cool. Yeah, take a stab at how much it is. Two dollars. Seventy nine ninety five. Oh, you're both very wrong in different directions. Thirty dollars. <laughs> How much? How much? Yeah, fourteen forty eight. Oh, that's totally reasonable. Yeah, okay. it is. Wow. It is the book of the damned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would want to keep the book of the damned, or I would want to keep um, Cass's angel blade. Ooh, that's cool. <clears throat> ah. It could be really the, uh, dorky and keep one of the amulets. Or the samulet. I was going to say the samulet. Yeah, that would be yeah. good yeah. souvenir. So. Speaking of that, Dean like lost that in season five. He doesn't have it anymore, No, he right? threw it away. Oh, okay. 
he pa- he paved paradise and he put up a parking lot as far as that same lot is concerned. Yeah. Gotcha. Totally. Speaking of supernatural, let's talk about supernatural. Um, Travis, yeah. This episode is called mm-hmm. How to Keep Friends and In How to Wait No How to Make Friends and Influence Demons. What's it about? How to how to win friends and influence monsters. God damn it. That's that is in fact the episode title. <laughs> the fact that it's um, a riff off of how to make how to win friends and influence enemies. People. People. How influence people. How to win friends and influence people oh my by God, Dale Carnegie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> We're falling Modern apart at the scenes, guys. Not doing well. How to succeed in so business without really trying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shoot me in the face. Let's talk about this episode. The <laughs> title shall not be named from here on out. Travis, what's it about? Okay, Sam and Dean. Uh, I'm in. I love those guys. <laughs> they go. They go to a zoo, and in that zoo is every bear that's ever been attributed to a supernatural crime. Oh my god! Wait, I changed my answer about what I would keep from the show. The prop I want to keep is a bear with tricks. That shit would be so cute. But Mr. Bear, but Mr. Bear, tricks are for kids. Oh no. I love that poor fucking bear. We're gonna learn how to pick this lock and I don't even get any cereal. Can we please call this episode that poor fucking bear? Good bear. Yes. yes. <laughs> Write that shit down, Travis. Write it yeah, down. Yeah, Oh, I've, I've got it. Yeah, Hell yeah. Poor fucking bear. Steel trap, All baby. right. Travis, I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but let's find out. Whee! All right. And we're back. Yeah. Um, Travis, I want to know how you're feeling. Uh-huh. Yeah, motherfucker. For I mean, the ending I, of this episode. I liked this episode, and the ending of this episode was very, like... It was very question-raising. Um, and is this show going to answer its questions? We'll find out, huh? What do you think <laughs> is going to happen, buddy? Um... I mean, I'm assuming Bobby got shot by the Leviathan with his shiny yeah, that gun. Didn't, oh, come on. That did in fact happen, yes. Call him Dick, damn. He didn't spend 40 yeah. years at Leviathan Business School just to be called Leviathan. Dick, yeah, okay. <laughs> Leviathanized Dick Roman. Because apparently, so I love this. Dick Roman was already a prominent, he was like a Jeffrey Epstein yeah. kind. Of person, Hiring I'm prostitutes assuming. and shit like that. I think yeah. more like Donald Trump, and, like uh, way more into like business. Yeah. yeah. So he's basically just like a super wealthy guy, and these Leviathans like just mm-hmm. go for him because yeah. they know he has power. I really like oh, that. God, yeah. Which I know, like we've seen him before, but this really like reinforces yep. who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I do really like that they have taken on people in the public yes. eye and it's like whoa this episode has everything i want 
It's got bigger sins. It's got bigger sins. It's got it's got, it's got penis the grossest jokes. shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. This episode was <laughs> yeah. disgusting from beginning to end, and I it was honestly I am red as fuck. I really from the about. supernatural writers and special effects teams and director, and also the I love the scene. I love the scene when Bobby and Sam are dissecting the monster. Oh god, yes. Uh, and it's just like a Mary Poppins gag of shit they're First pulling of all, out of there. The way people ate in this episode was a fucking hate crime, and that I hated it. Oh yeah, did y'all notice? Okay? It like, was like we as humans should not be allowed to It was like people in. Yeah. It was like people in uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah. I, yeah, I bet it was. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So the second time they go to Biggerson's, like when, like after the fucking, uh, like when they're digging the guy open. Yeah. And, like, Dean is high as fuck. And they pan around the fucking restaurant. Mm-hmm. Did y'all notice that there was one lady who wasn't actually eating a turducken? She was just eating, like, a, oh, like yeah. a fish sandwich from McDonald's? Yes. <gasps> yeah. Okay, but... Well, see, what I... Just a little, like, behind-the-scenes thing of what I think was happening is everyone on set had one sandwich that they could eat mm. for however many takes that they oh, were doing. God. So they had to, like, eat it, like, look like they were actually eating it, like, taking bites of it without actually eating their burger before they were done shooting the scene so they could keep the consistency. So it's like they had to pantomime eating sandwiches while eating sandwiches. Um, Yum, yum, this sure is a delicious sandwich that I'm eating. (laughs) I love to eat sandwiches. What do you... Okay, so... Literally, again, every single moment of this episode was so disgusting. I do not feel things when Supernatural does things. My heart is a cold, barren wasteland. The blood that runs through my veins, refrigerator fluid. And yet, this episode, my stomach turned. Like... I watched it on yeah. my lunch break today, and I was trying to eat. Great. I was That's literally perfect. eating a salad, and I was just like, ugh, I'm going to fucking throw up this balsamic vinaigrette, I swear to God. It was so horrifying to me. So horrifying. However, You have a weak effective. stomach. <laughs> I don't have a weak stomach. That shit was disgusting. Okay, here's what it is. So, sometimes when people eat, they, like, forget to breathe. And so they'll be uh, like, breathe, eat, chewing. I can't remake mm-hmm. the sound for you, but I can tell you it's whoa, a horrifying whoa, whoa. sound. It's like, it's like gasping and drowning mm. and suffocating <laughs> and also just, it's too much. It's too much noise and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the things, and I do love this episode, please understand, I do. Because this episode introduces probably one of my favorite themes that Supernatural has ever done, which is rampant, unfettered capitalism will destroy the world and kill all of its resources. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I fucking love it. I love Dick as a villain. He's he's super goofy. Like, Dick is, Dick is, uh, uh, how do I say this? bordering on too much camp 
Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like a, a cartoon he really character. Is. He's a parody of like <laughs> fucking what's his name from American Psycho. Oh, Patrick Bateman, one hundred percent. Yeah. Who, he himself oh, yeah. was a parody of like those super yuppie Wall Street dudes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Um Dick gets shot in the face with a borax and is like, Sam, this is not how we answer in a yes positive. Whatever. <laughs> this is no. Yeah. Yeah. This- I loved, yeah, I loved all of his corporate oh battle. God. It was so, so great. This is not how we communicate from a place of yes. Yes, this is not how that was it. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I loved um, the way he talked. In, oh, it's perfect. And, and in a way, it kind of was also terrifying, despite the fact that it was also goofy as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When people say they don't like the Leviathans as the big bads of the season, I get it. Because it is... Do people, people say, do yeah. say that? Yes. I love I them mean, so far. Same. Travis, in this, you and I are friends. Because, like, agreed. Yeah. Love, <laughs> love them. Um, and everything Dick says is amazing to me. I went ahead and looked up um, the from the quotes page, like the notable quotes in the IMDb, and most of them are like, mm-hmm. step between Dean and Bobby. <clears throat> but then there's a little slice of um, a quote from Dick, and it says, and it's, uh, it's when Dick's talking to Bobby and is like, I really do like humans in a way, you know, (laughs) he says, I really think you guys have spunk. You're like a planet of just the cutest little engines that could, but like the late great actual Dick Roman used to say to the whores, he'd kick out of his presidential suite. Cute. Doesn't quite hack it. Sugar. Loved (laughs) it. 10 out of 10. Yeah, that was, it was really good. So I get why. And that plus like the, the whole, Sam, this isn't this doesn't this isn't how we answer in a yes positive whatever what Ben said earlier. Mm-hmm. Like that shit is kinda hacky. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be hokey as fuck for the character though. So it's true. Yeah. But we find out what Bibbing is. So mm. I have to bring this up. Um, which Bibbing got mentioned earlier. Travis, when you first heard the word Bibbing and you knew it was something that the Leviathan were scared of, what the fuck did you think it was like could you have imagined your darkest nightmares that was another thing that was disgusting by the way the bibbing scene oh yeah bibbing and he had to eat Mm -hmm. himself this is dr sexy from the first episode or from the first um second episode of the season well see i thought it was um I thought because he had like the red lobster bib mm-hmm. on or whatever, I thought he was going to be forced to eat mm. something. Like eat to a point where he literally can't anymore. Or like or you know like in the vein of I caught you smoking a cigarette now smoke yeah. the whole pack. I mean technically you're not wrong. I th- I thought that's what it was going to be, but <laughs> it was like he's eating yeah. himself. And then I was like And now they're going to eat me too. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the wiki in the minutia section uh wait is the minutia or the uh references mm-hmm. section they say that it might be a reference to uh team america world police 
where someone says, okay, a limousine can fly. Now yeah. I've seen everything. And then someone else says, really? Have you seen a man eat his own head? No. <laughs> so you haven't oh seen him? <laughs> I feel like that's just happenstance, but I'll give it to and him. That's Bobby solid. That's yeah. fucking solid. Now I've seen everything. <gasps> da, na, na. Yeah. I bet Bobby watches like a lot of Trey Parker and Matt Stone stuff. Just for like the lulls, but doesn't actually swing that libertarian hammer. I was about to say, I bet Bobby calls himself a libertarian, <laughs> but like absolutely is an anachro-communist, 100%. <laughs> I think he's just an anachro-communist. I don't think he lies about what he is. That's fair. Well, you don't think to his other hunter friends. Come on, hunters are the libertarians of the supernatural world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think Garth was off the grid, weird, way too obsessed with guns. Don't pay taxes. Hmm. Uh, profit off of other people's labor, but calls it their own. They're absolutely the libertarians of the hunt of the supernatural. Um, we haven't done it yet, but I just want to do a really, really, really quick sum up of what actually happens yes. in the episode, like to just give a timeline. Okay. So Sam and Dean uh, catch on to a string of murders in a national forest that is being attributed to bears. Um, and they go check it out, and it's not any of the usual suspects. Um, but, they f- but they're not sure what's going on until they find... Um, they find this basically, like, hunger zombie mm-hmm. of some sort uh attacking someone and they dissect it and see this like eating a bunch of stuff and at the same time dean's been acting weird because he ate this crazy sandwich from biggerson's and then they go back to biggerson's and notice that everyone is eating the sandwich and uh like no one's talking they're just like fucking chilling they're stoned out of their fucking gourd and they also met Mm -hmm. this like sheriff earlier ranger rick (laughs) Who yeah, oh, was yeah. also they... eating one of the sandwiches and was clearly just like did not give a fuck. The fuck out. Yeah, like, he, he was, was super like, chill. My partner's been missing for weeks. I should, I should do something about that. I should and call Sammy that in. Like, what the fuck? What the? Fuck? And so they realize while Dean is eating one of the mm. sandwiches that it's the sandwiches that are causing the problem. And so they take the sandwich back to dissect it, and it turns into a pile of gray goo. (laughs) And they're like, well, that's not normal, so go check out where Biggerson's is getting their food supplied from, and that's where they find, bum bum bum, the Leviathans. And we find out that the Leviathans are making this crazy sandwich to make people lethargic and easier Mm -hmm. to eat. And, um... Bobby gets caught while they're surveilling and has a little talk with Dick Roman. Um, and then Sam and Dean go in and save him. And then at the end, Bobby gets shot and th- things are looking bad. Um, I'm going to retroactively compliment season six. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. I even give a compliment to the mother of all. So, Uh-oh. I don't know if y'all remember this, but season six, in the episode where the mother dies, one of the brothers, yes. Sam or Dean, is like, 
what's your plan? Why are you doing this? And the mother is like, we're going to farm you guys for food. Oh. And then she died and everybody was like, well, all right, dodge that bullet, I guess. Hmm. Turns out, no. In fact, have huh. not dodged that bullet. It's back in its newer, grosser form. So dear old mommy was a Leviathan. Well, dear old mommy at least I think influenced the Leviathans. Or do you know, it's one okay. of those like great minds think alike sort of thing. I mean she Got is it. the mother of all monsters. Oh wait, but in Canaan the Leviathan hmm. existed before angels. But did Eve exist before angels? Most likely. Yeah, I think um, I think I she think, said she did. I think she yeah. said she did. I think that's yeah. why Cass couldn't use his in, powers. In, Yes, that's what it was. In the episode where Cat mm-hmm. where she dies, um, they Cass is rendered useless because yeah. she's around and she's older okay. than Cass is. But God did create the Leviathan. That shit is can canon. Mm-hmm. Um Gotcha. But then I mean they were also in the same place, so surely they like hung out, you know, made friends. Right. <laughs> Got tapas together on the weekends. <laughs> Whatever you do in purgatory. Um, I'm sure we'll never find out what. But the point is, is that uh, my first viewing of this episode, I immediately was like, oh, no. Oh, no, Bobby's going to fucking die. Because I don't know if you noticed, but he got some attention this episode. Well, I wasn't like Bobby's going to die. I was like, Bobby's going to get shot in the head through his hat. And Sam's going to realize it at the last moment. Because he sees the bullet hole in his hat as he tries to hand it back to Bobby. That's what's going to happen, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you had that exact thought process <laughs> starting like, this episode before, 12 the years ago. first time I watched it, back in like 2017, I was like, oh no, here's what's going to happen. I think it was 2016. I was like, fuck, prediction. And I predicted the entire episode because I'm a genius. But the point is, is that we're not here to talk about me and my... In intellectual strength. We're here to talk about what happens in the episode. So, <clears throat> there's a little moment. I hate shit like this. This is probably one of my least favorite parts of the episode. Um, there's a little moment where, like, they're hunting for what they think is the Jersey Devil, but is actually these, like, humans mm-hmm. that have had a bad reaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot the Jer- Jersey Devil angle was yeah, the beginning so of this. At first, they think it's the Jersey Devil, but then actually, up, up oopsie daisies, it turns out it's like a bear with tricks. But the bear is actually human, <laughs> and the tricks is actually like feral cannibalism. So that's fun. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, Bobby's like, we need to hunt this way, and we need to do this hunting thing with these hunting rifles and sam and dean are like oh yeah i guess you are also a regular hunter before you were like a supernatural hunter and i was like yeah when the fuck i thought he owned what when did this come up has this ever been mentioned before and then sam is like yeah you used to take us hunting when we were kids remember and i was like Mm -hmm. i don't remember that when was that mentioned? I feel like y'all are just bringing it up because something terrible is about to happen. 
I feel like they wrote this for this episode because something awful is about to happen. It's not enough that they have spent six seasons beating us over the head with the fact that Bobby is their dad. He is their surrogate father. Yes. He cared about their, their well-being in a way that John never did. It is not enough mm-hmm. that they have spent the entire show building up that fact. They also have to slip in this little anecdote that has never been mentioned before and will never be mentioned again <laughs> to be like, oh, BT dubs, uh, Bobby used to take Sabadine hunting when they were kids. Isn't that cute? All right, let's move on. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be fine. <laughs> it's a real cat in the Hi, cradle situation. Yeah. And I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Uh, yep. Except there's a silver spork. And the cats in the cradle and the silver <laughs> spork. <laughs> so, I'm just going to say this, Travis. Get your kazoo ready, all right? Get your kazoo ready. Um, oh, I'm ready. Um, There was also a moment later where I was like, oh, fuck, this is not going to be good. And it's when Bobby read Dean the Riot Act, which I did love. I did love that scene. Um... Loved it. What did y'all think? Oh yeah, there was like a little <clears throat> get back in the game. Decide like for yourself what the fuck it is. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. I care if it's spite. Yeah. Whether it's spite something or a ten dollar bet. Yeah, I don't care what keeps you alive. Yeah, I. I can't believe when this episode was happening and I was watching it. And I didn't realize something bad was going to happen to Bobby till he got kidnapped. Because uh, I was just like, they like Bobby has an individual heart to heart with both Sam really and does. Dean. Yep. Yeah, they did that. T- they did. And that. I was like, and I was like, oh, here we go, more more man emotions. <laughs> mm. Didn't even think about something happening to Bobby. Yeah. It's like, oh, thank goodness, a lot of emotions going on. Nice. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited for Dean to work out some of these problems. Nothing bad ever happens to the Winchesters. Nope. And then it turns out many bad things happen to the Winchesters and therefore everyone around them. Mm. Okay. Um, I think I remember this. uh... I love Bobby. Love Bobby as a character. (laughs) He's one of my favorites. We call him Bobby Senpai for a reason, and that's because he's so much better than everyone else. And we want him to notice us. That we do. Do you hear us, Jim Beaver? Notice Notice us. Notice us, please. Please, Jim. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, Travis, I don't... I don't know what to say, buddy. Other than it's going to be fine. And everyone's going to live. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're going to get through this together. I mean, honestly, at the end of this episode, I was like, oh, no, I hope Bobby's okay. Not, oh, no, Bobby's going to be dead. It's, oh, no, Bobby's going to be okay. (laughs) Like, we're going to have a little speed bump where Bobby's not okay, but he'll be fine. Yeah. It's like that little bump on its ass a frog gets when he hops. Yeah. We're Mm going to make it through this together, guys. Nothing can stop us now. That we're together nope. and friends. <laughs> uh, all right, so I I did I also liked the uh, so there were like two dick jokes in this episode. Mm. The first one was when Dean was talking about um, 
Oh, I almost said Castiel. Crowley. Crowley. Crowley mentioned that <laughs> that he hated Dick, and Dean was like, "Oh, I thought he was talking about another you know, thing." Generally, yeah, general yeah. yeah, yeah, generally. I thought that was really good, and then um, the little mini documentary Bobby shows them oh, God, yeah. about who Dick Roman is. It was like raising Dick yeah. or something like that. Yeah, the rise of Dick. The rise of Dick. There that's was what it a was. real life um, politician in this video, a politician mm-hmm. who was probably nearly relevant when this episode came out. A politician whose name I definitely know because it's on the trivia page. God, please let it be on the trivia page. Hold on. Uh, the guy that was talking during the video, not just like Dick Cheney, Bush Jr. Yeah. And uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah, no, the guy who actually was talking. He was a real dude, right? Eh, maybe. I know Joe Biden was in this um, episode too, technically. What? Yeah, he's the first one, like out of like the the sideshow that you, that they show of Dick, him shaking uh, Dick's hand. Uh, not a good uh, look for him. Nope. Another thing that's gonna make nope. it even harder for him to win in November, <sighs> guys. <laughs> oh. Look. In, uh, on the wiki, there's something that says uh, the first two folders that Bobby takes out of Dick Roman's briefcase are labeled NRA speech and TED oh, conference. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh <laughs> your god. So, um, something very else very important gets established this episode, and it was such a small thing that you probably missed it, Travis, because I certainly did my first uh-huh. time viewing it. But Dick spends a lot of times very gently caressing, rubbing even, holding like he cares about it. What was it? A very small gun, correct? So, yes. do you think that's going to come up later? It was Probably. kind of a literal Chekhov's gun in the episode because Bobby mm-hmm. used it to shoot Dick, and then Dick used it to shoot Bobby. Right, because it was like two guns in yeah. a briefcase. Yeah. So, um, this gun that Dick is stroking um, when he first is talking to Bobby is Dick's way of getting into the I like you humans kind of sort of. I mean, I like to eat you, but also I appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that y'all made guns. I think guns are neat. This is a very right. fancy gun that I bought at a very fancy auction. So, um, it was not only a Chekhov's gun in this episode, being the thing that both saves Sam and Dean and kills Bobby. It's gonna be a Chekhov's gun later. I mean, this is a surprise tool that'll help us along the way. (laughs) It's dangerous to go alone. Maybe not the gun itself, but definitely an aspect of what Dick is doing. And... Okay. I think that'll be stroking that shaft of the gun. Just remember how proud he was of that gun, that sexy, Mm. sexy gun. He was very proud of it. There's nothing on the wiki about the gun, so I don't cheat, Travis. Come on now, god dang! I'm just saying. I I look at the wiki mostly so I can remind myself about what the plot was. Sure. Um, one of the uh. And, and by on the wiki, I mean just the page for this episode. I'm not, like, clicking yeah, okay, around. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm, not, totally, I'm not that much of a cheater. Totally. <laughs> I'm just fucking with um, you. 
I well, going back to the whole like cheesiness factor of the season. Season, uh, there are a ton of Jig Dickens. Oh God, yeah. yeah they, oh yeah. Left and they right. Leave no stone unturned. They leave no balls unfondled. They leave no penises behind. I lost the thread on that one. But the point I'm trying to make is <laughs> yeah, that there's a lot of digits. And we, listeners, this is a solemn promise that I, Ari, middle name redacted Kobler, make to you right now. We will never erect a dick joke on this podcast. Absolutely. We are above that. Uh, no, opposite. We will we will do our best. I was going to say, Ben, it's way yeah. too late for yeah, that. We're going to shove all the dicks <laughs> where we can fit we them. We will do our best. We've we've been at this for damn near three years, Ben. It's been too late. as many dick jokes to completion as we possibly can. All right? Yeah. No matter how hard or long we have to work, we will have as many if not more dick jokes than Supernatural has in season seven. So, I'm so pretty sure we've already beaten gird them. Gird your loins. Gird your loins, listeners. For there, <laughs> there is only more to come. Get it? <laughs> ha, more to c- Ha, ha. Uh, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I just want to say. <clears throat> okay, I've got a question <laughs> about the episode. Sam and Dean and Bobby go to eat at Biggerson's multiple yeah. times. Are they still getting their free food? <gasps> Probably. Yes. Like they won they won free meals for life at any Biggerson's. But multiple times throughout the span of the show, they have officially been wanted and died. I did air quotes yeah. on those words. Uh, so what's what the what's the status with you know, that? I don't know. Does I mean I guess it, if it's do only do only Sam and Dean get free food? Did they make Bobby pay for his food? <laughs> I <laughs> doubt they, they, they did. They better have not. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they it's did. I bet it's like whoever's with them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I bet it's like really loose to like that extent. I mean, if you're going to do ignore you think the it's fact like... that they've died and still get them free food, then I'm pretty sure they're a little slapdash with their rules, you know? Oh god, a little loosey yeah. goosey, if you will. Uh, I think my other Biggerson's question was, oh, fuck, I just had it and I lost it. Was it, would you eat at a Biggerson's? Oh, Absolutely not. Is it? I mean, uh, it's just my other, um, my other Biggerson's question was, when is it like they get a free meal anytime they go to a Biggerson's for the rest of their lives? Or is it like a free chips for life situation where it's like you can cash in your free chips All like at once. Uh one you can cash in your free chips like twice a month for thirty years or something I like that. I am almost one hundred percent sure Biggerson's has an idea of what the average American would eat at their restaurant in their lifetime. Which is probably more than what mm-hmm. the average French person would eat at a Biggerson's in their lifetime, but much less than what Dean Winchester would eat at a Biggerson's in his lifetime. So <laughs> yeah. they're probably not prepared <laughs> necessarily, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure that they think Sam and Dean are dead and therefore disqualified from having, you know, food for life. <laughs> so mm. that's my that's my official answer. Ben, what about yours? 
I don't know, man. I just think it was like very written, like loosey goosey, and they really didn't consider mm-hmm. it. And they're like, "Fuck it!" Right? Like, well, because this it, this season is the first time really that Biggerson's has yeah, come in back a while since yeah. since Bad Day at Black Rock. Mm. In a, yeah, for sure. In fact, I, I, <laughs> I kind of forgot Biggerson's was a thing. To be honest. Yeah, there there was one moment I think a couple episodes ago where Sam got takeout food and he got it from Biggerson. Also, I think Dean mentions this in the episode, but joggle my memory. What is a turducken? It's a turkey. It's a turkey inside of a duck. No, it's a turkey stuffed with a duck. Okay, stuffed got with it. Chicken. Yeah. Or or the other way around, depending if you're using like a Cornish game hen mm. or if you're using like a big well, dinner. Well, it looked for... like a hamburger with like gray goop in it and my guess is that it's just like well the gray goop was because of the oh yeah well i didn't think that was duck (laughs) (laughs) if i was gonna make this sandwich if i was like andrew ray from binging with babish here's what i would do i would just use slices of deli meat because most likely for like a big ass chain restaurant that's what they would have to oh. do or they would just mm-hmm. ground all those meats together into a, and fry it here's... to make the sandwich are you fucking kidding me there's no yeah. way yeah. when they say well here's here's what i'm thinking the turducken yeah. sandwich is it is a three mm-hmm. meat sandwich um with a fried chicken breast a la like chick-fil-a or popeye's mm-hmm. chicken sandwich okay. like fried chicken yeah. breast patty with sliced deli mm-hmm. meat turkey okay. and then also maybe like a little schmear of duck pate okay. Okay. so duck duck being <clears throat> the most expensive bird here is the least I'm amount about of to, meat i'm about to suggest to you the most disgusting version of the sandwich you ready Oh, I'm not oh surprised. No. And I just want to apologize to the people of Korea right out the gate. It's a vegetarian sandwich. No meat. What? Satan that's been butterflied open, cooked like a chicken, stuffed with. Nope, I'm abandoning the vegetarian thing. Okay, here's what I'm going <laughs> with it is a chicken breast that's been butterflied open. Okay? And it is going to be fried. Before it's fried, they stuff it with turkey gizzard and duck the Korean glutinous rice cake. And that's what the duck part of it. Ah. And then they sew that shit up with innards and then they fry it all and then they put it they slap that shit on a bun and call it a day. Honestly, I'd still eat it. I'd give it a bite. It's probably not great, yeah. but I would give it a I bite. I imagine the duck aspect would be more of a filler than anything else. I just refuse to believe that Biggerson's is spending money on actual duck. That sh- that's right. oh, expensive yeah. and delicious. If anything, it's either a pate or it's all ground together and like fried like a chicken steak. Yeah. Yeah. No, no stuffing was happening in this episode. Are you kidding me? No, God. No. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't make our version of the turkey. Maybe that's why fucking Brandon was so pissed off. Because he had to stuff all those turduckins. He was a server. He wasn't working in that kitchen. He was not a hostess. He made that clear. Brandon is like the bitchy server who like won't seat Sam and Dean. I thought he was going to come back in some way, but he really doesn't. 
He sort of does, but exactly, uh, like, not at all. Yeah. He sort of yeah. does in a way that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. God. I felt like he was just, like, the way they treated him, it was like, yo, nobody really talks like that. Like, when he's like, shove it right up yours, right up yours. Yeah. Who, like, if I'm, if I'm quitting oh, God, a goddamn here's job. what it is. He's the only vegetarian in this town. And he's frustrated oh. with the fact that everyone's chilled the fuck out except for him. And he's just like, what the that's, fuck is going on? And it's making him more stressed. That's fair. Yeah. Also, this leads into my theory that vegetarians are going to be the only people to survive the apocalypse. So that courtesy, <laughs> by the way, not extended to vegans, only vegetarians and pescatarians. Only vegetarians. <laughs> So you have to believe Jesus yes. was a fish. If you believe that, to survive then the yes, apocalypse. that's exactly what pescatarian means. No, you'll right. be fine. That's, that's one of my favorite jokes <laughs> of all time, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, want to talk again real quick about the conversation Dean and Bobby had. And I think of the other part where I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Was when um, Bobby said, if you die before me, I'll kill you. And I was like, yeah, Fuck. this is not that was very like, well. <laughs> That that was like you saw the grim in yes. your yes. tea, like. Ah, <laughs> that was rough. I did like that scene though, even though I would never encourage mm-hmm. that sort of behavior in real life. Go to fucking therapy, please. I swear to God, when we yeah. make this show in ten to fifteen years, I really am going to have a character who's attached to the supernatural world, but not a hunter, and is just like a therapist. And is also a vampire, a vampire <laughs> therapist. Ooh, and and the vampire therapist is dating Basil. <gasps> oh. Basil Rathbone and vampire therapist going on dates, <laughs> drinking blood, but Basil's not a vampire. Kookiness continues. Do-do-do. That song fell off the rails. <laughs> <clears throat> so I like my little Basil Rathbone AU, like alternate universe sort of thing that I've got going on. Basil Rathbone, attorney at large. Yeah. He'll defend you in a supernatural case. <laughs> Basil Rathbone sounds like a porn character. Basil Rathbone was one of the most imminent actors of our time, Ben. Um, how dare you slander? It does sound like a porn name. That's 100% accurate. <laughs> Honestly, the only thing that would sound more porny is like basil rathboner like that would be too much honestly Mm. so basil rathbone is (laughs) named after um the man who played sherlock holmes in like the 1930s and 40s (laughs) so (laughs) that's where i got the name i'm not even trying to pretend um guys what else do we have to say about this episode that we haven't already said in a poignant and fashionable way. Um, I low key, I kind of wish it had been the Jersey Devil. Yeah, I mean that would have been wrong. cool. Like, 
I, I liked how this episode twisted where it went from what seemed like was going to be a Freak of the mm-hmm. Week episode to a Leviathan episode. I liked yeah. that a lot. But I also really wish that there had been a Jersey Devil episode. Um, that would have been so I That would have been cool. I loved the corporate satire. I loved that one of the major themes this season, whether it was intentional or not, is that like the rich will destroy the world. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but we'll like the... Until um, there's nothing left the uh um the little like stabs at quick service and oh, fast yeah. food yeah. restaurants yeah. like literally being made of great yeah. goop and like, nobody cares <laughs> that was mm-hmm, that was fantastic oh other bigger sense thing that sandwich so the sandwich in itself as a concept is already too much yeah awful it's, it's already too much like, a supervillain definitely invented this sandwich. But the other thing is that it looks evil. It's got this, like, circle with lines in it on the that bun. That is not an attractive sandwich. No. Like, it looked like an evil sandwich. It did look like an evil sandwich. It looked like that sandwich was going to come to life and get your kids to do drugs. Like, that's what that fucking sandwich yeah. looked like. <laughs> For sure. Um... Real quick, I wanted to talk about, and this is something we've um, mentioned before, but every time the juxtaposition of Dick, who, okay, so the reason, this is what made me think of this. The scene where right before the doctor who's developed the drug gets bibbed, the reason why he's getting bibbed is because he broke one of Dick's number one rules, which is that monsters don't exist. The people who were right. cannibalizing people were people were humans having negative effects, to, adverse effects mm-hmm. to the to the turduckens. This made dick really angry because suddenly there's a lot of heat on them people are figuring out their plans oh that's something that also happens is that bobby like before he gets shot steals dick's plans but he doesn't have time to tell sam and dean so like you know that'll be a thing Mm, later yeah um but uh there is something so base in how the leviathans are in their need to consume and just continue consuming and that really comes out in how dick treats the doctor making it's kind of why bibbing is perfect even though the concept of having a literal bib is silly as fuck because i (laughs) truly believe that if the leviathans won they would consume until there was nothing left and then they would eat each other right so in a way it's kind of like perfect that that's the end and that baseness combined with dick's cold ask of like pretend humanity and trying to be this like genial businessman is kind of perfect Especially when you consider the fact that the real Dick Roman 
was also Leviathan Dick and Real Dick Roman were the same fucking person. Real Dick, yeah. it's not like Leviathan Dick killed a Dick Roman who was like, yeah, I'm a billionaire, but I donate to a bunch of charities and I'm developing all these vaccines and I'm doing all this great shit. Like, no, Real Dick Roman was also a dick. Um, yeah, he was not... The real Dick Roman was not a Bill Gates billionaire. He was an Elon Musk billionaire. Exactly. Um, and, like, it just is... I like that. I like that a lot. And I'm interested to mm-hmm. see where they go with it. I think Dick is a really excellent big bad. Um, even with his goofier shades. I, I mean, I enjoy it. I like that. I like that campy side of him. Yeah. And if oh, you don't, yeah. I get it, but you're also wrong and you should change I your fe- mind. So how about that? I feel like if Dick Roman wasn't a little campy, especially with oh, a name like work. that, like <laughs> yeah, it if... wouldn't work. It, it like it would be mm-hmm. too serious. I would be like, this show is trying to take itself too yeah. seriously, needs to tone well, it, it down also... a little bit. But it it has that it has a really good balance. It wouldn't be there. supernatural if it took itself too seriously. Like supernatural Oh, Pretty much absolutely. after season two, Supernatural was like, all right, we're a little campy now. We're goofy. We, we goof. We get goofed. Um, mm-hmm. Even with that like hard so, trauma that it injects often. I uh, I do want to point out that the, the writer for this episode is Ben mm-hmm. Edlund, who is a writer of... I would say a lot of the good episodes from really good episodes from seasons one through five or seasons two through five because he started in season two. He wrote nice. Night Shifter. Hmm. He wrote Hollywood nice. Babylon. He wrote Bad nice. Day at Black Rock. He wrote Ghost Facers. He wrote Monster Movie, mm-hmm. Wishful Thinking, uh, On the Head of a Pin. So Ben, um, with the exception of On the Head of a Pin most of those episodes kind of do juxtapose like really serious dramatic moments with shit that is goofy as fuck so oh yeah especially ghost oh, yeah because you have that kind of like touching moment where like oh he also wrote the oh, french mistake that makes oh, sense cool. i'm not shocked by that um well, good job. Oh, he also wrote... He did write Clap Your Hands if you believe I mean, nobody's though, perfect. So. <laughs> Alright, they can't all be winners. Okay. Uh, and he directed The Man oh, Who Will Be King. That was a good episode. Good job, Mr. Ben mm-hmm. Ed- Edlund. Good job. Can't wait to see more of what you're doing. More of what you do. Hell yeah. Alright, well, I think that's it for me. What about you guys? Ben, you got anything? Um, Any final thoughts? We've hit all the... I think we've hit everything I can think of. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. about it. Alright, well... Travis, next episode almost certainly mm-hmm. has a name. <laughs> and the name of that episode is Death's Door. So that's not foreboding at all. What's it about? Yep. Sam and Dean. Okay. This is a flashback okay. episode. Sam and Dean are in line at Macy's to go see Santa. Okay. 
<laughs> and um, Sam gets to go first because he's the younger brother. And Sam sits on Santa's lap, who inexplicably, Santa is a skeleton. <laughs> and wait a minute. Sam tells Santa that he wants a sword for Christmas. So Santa skeleton gives gives little Sam a sword. And Dean is like, you can't do that. He'll get hurt. And <laughs> skeleton Santa is like, well, <laughs> if he does, he'll learn a very important lesson. All right. Thanks, Terry. That was great. Um... <laughs> Ben, do you think that's going to happen next week? 10 out of 10, I think it's going to happen again and again and again and again and again. Well, if it does, we'll talk about it next week and next week and next week on Hey Assbutt. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, check out our website at habcast.com, where you can get links to all of our social media at Habcast on on Instagram and Twitter, and then Hey Assbutt, a Supernatural podcast on Facebook also get a link to our patreon page patreon.com slash habcast where for just three dollars a month you can hear us review an entire separate show where we review things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural uh last month we reviewed cry wolf so that was that was a lot of fun and we all enjoyed it um but we've (laughs) also done other stuff as well like uh another Cinderella story starring Emily Perkins and Catherine Isabel and New York Minute starring Jared Padalecki and oh my god what have we done to ourselves seriously if you enjoy hearing us suffer go check it out um thank you guys so much for listening and until next time have fun and don't die bye Une, deux, trois, day.